0: this is mary colbert and welcome to dr colbert's divine health podcast
1: hey this is dr colbert and i am so excited about we providing the gut answers for the gut zone all the different gut problems you have we have the key answers along with the key supplements. But we're going to be talking about foods today, healing foods for the gut.
0: The other podcasts are very important because Don lines up issues and causes and diagnoses and all the different ones. And you
1: have to avoid certain foods in order to heal the gut. And we talked about all those enemies of the gut. So you have to do this first. Because if you just do this without doing the other, you won't heal.
0: Okay, so in part of the book, The Gut Zone, you address these issues. Go ahead and list the issues associated with the gut, Don, the different diseases or... Issues that people oh, well, develop, Right. We'll well, just list them out so people can hear it for the Well, beginning. again,
1: all the different gut issues like acid reflux, ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, and autoimmune diseases of the gut like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. And then if you don't take care of the gut, it eventually leads to systemic diseases. In fact, all autoimmune diseases almost always start with leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability, as well as obesity, as well as degenerative uh, brain diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's disease, as well as mental health diseases, such as depression and anxiety and ADHD and autism. And it goes on and on. That's why Hippocrates uh, said back in 400 BC, all disease begins in the gut and we in medicine are just now learning that this was most or this was absolutely true, but we find now over 90% of diseases begin in the gut.
0: I hope you guys are hearing this podcast and sharing it with your family and your friends because when you just heard the list of issues and diseases and things associated that is with a condition that can be addressed and absolutely reversed, you must share these podcasts with your friends and family and people you know become a voice of their healing be a part of their answer don't just take this information for yourself I hope you will share it with your friends and family and encourage them to listen to these podcasts because they don't have to read anything. They don't have to do it. Just sit and listen and they will obtain a whole lot of information. Now, today, Don, you're going to be talking about the answers.
1: Yes, we talk. We call these the five gut power tools for healing your gut. Now, also, we talk about the foods. We talk about the healing starches later because people say, wait, starches, they heal my gut? Well, I'll tell you, one of the most amazing healing foods for the gut, and this is what really helped you, Mary. Remember Mm -hmm. uh, back months ago, when you had that severe bout of inflammation of the gut from eating or taking the antibiotics, one of the healing foods you took were sweet potatoes, just a small little sweet potatoes. You used to bake them and then put them in the fridge, remember? It was like
0: the only thing that I didn't have an antihistamine reaction right, to. Right, exactly. It seemed like everything I ate, I broke out after right, eating. Sure. Yeah. sure.
1: So the first power tool that I want to talk about is fiber. And fiber has realized only 5% of Americans get adequate fiber. A man needs at least 30 grams of fiber a day, but a woman usually needs at least around 25 grams a day, yet only 5% of Americans are getting their fiber, and usually the fiber they get is inflaming their gut rather than helping their gut. Wow. Because most people get their fiber from wheat, which is highly inflammatory. Yikes. That's one of the most common foods eaten in America, and when they stop eating wheat, guess what? So many Americans get constipated because that's their primary source of fiber. Also, beans, peas, and lentils, they're chucked full of fiber, but the lectins in these foods inflame the gut. So we want to talk about fiber and educate you. That's why this section on fiber is so important to understand. But let's talk about the benefits of fiber, because this is what so many people don't realize. Now, there's two kinds of fiber. There's soluble and insoluble fiber. The soluble fiber helps to control your blood sugar, to lower cholesterol. It keeps you feeling fuller longer. It lowers your risk of heart disease. But the insoluble fiber is the fiber that doesn't dissolve in your GI tract. It works like a broom sweeping out your colon. So we need both fibers to get the full benefit. But the insoluble fiber, what it does, it, helps you, it also helps you feel fuller longer. It normalizes, usually normalize your bowel movements once you get the right amount. It also minimizes and prevents hemorrhoids and diverticulosis. So that's why both of these fibers are so important. Now, soluble fibers found mainly in apples and beans, peas and lentils and carrots and citrus fruits and fruits and oats and peas. And again, most of these foods are not friendly to the gut uh except for carrots because most of these foods have those lectins in it that damage the gut
0: now oatmeal oatmeal is okay but it's well it's still cut problem?
1: and what i tell patients most oatmeal is highly processed it spikes the sugar and feeds the bad bacteria and so but it's still cut oatmeal is better but it also has high lectin a lot of my patients with ibs and gut issues can't have oatmeal until their gut heals wow now eventually the still cut oatmeal will help lower cholesterol because it's got a lot of soluble fiber, but it has those high lectins that can irritate the gut. So we usually have to wait until the gut heals.
0: You know, one thing I learned about the oatmeal, which I didn't know about this, because, you know, old-fashioned oatmeal is usually the—
1: um, Oh, it's highly processed. It converts to sugar.
0: Well, not only that, but the, the I'm talking about the old-fashioned that is the steel-cut. Cause oh, they, now, steel-cut, you know, yeah, but, it's better. But— but, Don, let me tell you what I learned, and I'm you probably okay, know sure. this, um, is that the processing of the oatmeal, they put flour on the machine.
1: Oh, yeah. They as
0: do. they press the oats, and <laughs> mm-hmm. so the rolled oats, they put flour so on it the So it has machine. gluten in it, which so inflames there's the gut. So gluten right. in that, and it can be, uh, they take a good thing, and then I'm um, Right, like,
1: but you can get it geez. at the health food store, and I used to do this. I used to get the steel-cut oatmeal that's gluten-free because you're right. A lot, Most of the oatmeal does have gluten in it because there's gluten on the rollers. I right.
0: know it's, what is that, Red Barn, Red? Bob's uh, Red Mill. I met Bob in California yeah, years ago. Bob's Red Mill doesn't have the oatmeal on it. I, I mean the, the gluten. Uh, gluten on right. it, so that's one. Okay, yeah, okay, well,
1: let's talk about insoluble fibers. And again, most of these foods that are high in insoluble fiber actually hurt the gut. Beans, like beans, peas, lentils, they're high in insoluble fiber, but they're high in lectins that that stress the gut, as well as nuts. Now, nuts are generally gut-friendly, but not peanuts or cashews. They're more irritating to the gut.
0: But if someone has diverticulitis...
1: Then they have to get the nut butters because those little nuts, seeds, and popcorn kernels get caught in those diverticuli and can cause diverticulitis. Exactly right. Wheat bran is also high in insoluble fiber, but it's very inflammatory for most people's gut. Whole wheat fiber, that's high in uh, insoluble fiber, but it's highly inflammatory for so many guts. Remember, the most common fiber consumed by most Americans is usually wheat. And when they cut out wheat, they start to get constipated. But the fiber that I love and that you love is the psyllium husk fiber. That's the fiber in our fiber zone that also is wonderfully flavored because so many people, when I put them on psyllium husk powder, it tastes Tastes like tree bark or sawdust.
0: I couldn't do it. And
1: she couldn't do it. Mary couldn't do it. She said, doesn't pass my taste test. So we had our food scientist. Take the psyllium husk powder, grind it real fine, put this wonderful f- natural flavoring with berry. stevia in it, berry Berries, flavoring, yeah. and then add prebiotics to it. And we have a wonderful product called Fiberzone that Mary it. takes and she loves it. Love it, love it love and it. I find so many of my women will take the Fiberzone but won't take the psyllium husk. <laughs> now, the psyllium husk has the soluble and insoluble, it's so healing for the gut unless you have certain conditions. Remember when I said irritable bowel, fiber can make you worse. If you, Once your gut heals to a degree, you can add small amounts. You start real low, a quarter to a half teaspoon once a day, and gradually increase as your gut allows you. Now, certain conditions, fiber can really irritate and flare up your condition, like Crohn's disease or colitis, ulcerative colitis, fiber can really flare those conditions up. So we have to uh, first heal the gut and then introduce little teeny amounts for those patients. But the psyllium husk powder is the one I like. Now, men can usually eat anything and it won't hurt them. So you can go to the health food store and get your psyllium husk powder or if, you, if taste is a big thing, then use our fibrosome because it tastes delicious. And it
0: makes you a partner of divine health. When you order our products and you get on it on a monthly basis, you become a partner. Now, one thing, Don, I learned from in the practice and this is this was shocking to me and being around the medicine and being in the medical field with you and the conferences I've gone to and listened to I have to tell you this was the most dramatic thing I think I've ever learned in the last few years you had a patient of yours that came in she had had a colonoscopy and the report came back and her colon looked like the back roads of mississippi
1: with potholes
0: potholes giant potholes giant potholes wide potholes throughout yeah. her whole colon diverticulosis and severe I saw diverticulosis the pictures that they transferred to you to look at i could not believe it looked like you know a road with huge well can i tell you why holes. that
1: develops that's real simple real simple to yeah. prevent now once you get it you can't fix it unless you remove the colon which we don't want to do now some doctors will the most common place where you get diverticulosis is in the sigmoid colon the last part of the colon before the rectum
0: and this comes strictly because of constipation, constipation
1: and not enough fiber this insoluble is totally fiber preventable <laughs> exactly right and, and once you once get it, it once, it's, once you get it you're highly prone to diverticulitis so these people have to avoid like the plague the popcorn, the seeds, and the nuts.
0: So if you go to the bathroom and you strain mm-hmm. and you're straining. You're in trouble. You could cause a blowout in your colon, oh, yeah. which is one of these holes by straining right. too hard. That's the, what I want to get across to people. So, folks, if you're straining. Let me explain it. Hold on. Let me okay. explain it.
1: The diverticulosis, uh, just picture a tire on a car you remember tires that get a knot on the tire and like it's ready to blow that's what a diverticula is it's a herniation in the lining or wall of the colon where it causes a pouch to form just like a knot on a tire that's ready to blow it's a weakness there in the wall so it's herniated out so what happens if you uh again if you are eating popcorn seeds and nuts you get a little nut kernel in there a little popcorn kernel or a little seed in there it can create tremendous inflammation and it can cause diverticulitis mm. and perforation of the colon.
0: Well, I think the big shock to me, Don, is aside from a miracle or cutting it out, once it occurs. Well,
1: now, once it occurs, then this is what I do for this patient. She's done amazing. She has done amazing, I know. has had no further flare ups of her diverticulitis, but I put her on the psyllium hus powder. Or the, which was the fiber zone twice a day, a heaping teaspoon in the morning after she eats. And I'll give her probiotics, and I'll do it again in the evening, and no problems. And so that has been the thing that has literally saved her, and that's so important but for you with diverticulosis for, for the rest of her life. life. Yeah. But it's better than that than have the colon removed. I'd right. much rather do that.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But this is an important point that people— who know people who have done it. I hope they get this podcast and listen.
1: Yeah, and the big thing is so many people are taking like flax seeds or psyllium husk. This has to be a fiber that's real fine, like our fiber zone, so that you don't have little kernels or little seeds that get caught in those little pockets. Now, what's interesting is after 50, so many Americans have this diverticulosis. So that's And it's mainly brought on with, you're right, constipation. So that's why we address constipation in this book, and we show you how to slam the door on that. Constipation is the easiest thing to prevent. Let me just tell them how to do that real quick. Yes. Number one, you need water. The colon needs water. You need fiber. Now, how much water do you need? At least a quart, quart and a half, two quarts a day of good, clean water. Uh, And we need the fiber. Start with at least a heaping teaspoon of the fiber zone or psyllium husk powder. Some people need it twice a day if you're still constipated. Take it twice a day. If your stool is just real hard, you need more fiber. The other thing you need is magnesium. Now, that's where our greens come in. Our green uh, supreme food is chock full of these superfoods that are high in magnesium. It contains the wheatgrass, the barley grass, the alfalfa, as well as the spirulina. The chlorella, it has the uh, you know all the broccoli and the cab oh, excuse me, some cabbage it has spinach it has kale it has these superfoods in it that are fermented that unlocks the nutrition but it's magnesium is the key thing the colon needs and then exercise we need to exercise our bodies and the more we exercise the better our colon moves and then uh these are- and then the probiotics and so constipation is so easy to reverse and we we do it like it's of the time We get rid of that easily Some people If it's still sluggish They many times Need thyroid And I see this a lot When your thyroid's sluggish Or low You get constipated That's one of the big signs Now doctors don't treat Sluggish thyroid They wait until it's low And I don't know why but that's why I wrote the book, The Hormone Zone.
0: And I hope you get a hold of that podcast, The Thyroid. Yes. We'll talk all about that in detail.
1: Okay. Now, the second gut power tool are probiotics. This is critical to heal the gut. We have to have probiotics. Now, we have our own probiotics. That's so my favorite. You and I take it. It's called mm-hmm. Beyond Biotics. Mm-hmm. These are amazing at helping to heal the gut. We, and I have like 10 different probiotics we use at my office. Like, for example, a lady yesterday, she needed like three probiotics because her gut was really messed up. So uh, she had decimated her gut with antibiotics. I have seen this last week a patient with ulcerative colitis with Crohn's disease. Now, sometimes we have to use probiotic enemas for these patients, and I teach people how to do it in my book. But we take uh, two sachets of the probiotics, poured in a little water usually a couple, two or three ounces, and then administer it with a pediatric fleet's enema. And they hold, retain that enema for 20 minutes, and it starts to heal their gut, oh, their colon. Wow. So these people that have, uh, have decimated their guts with IV antibiotics, like I had a patient this week who had C. difficile. She had been on these super strong antibiotics for weeks in the hospital. Oh. Now, C. difficile or Clostridium difficile, colitis can kill you it's one of the leading causes of death in this country from an infection Uh, but again this lady overcame it but it wiped out all her good bacteria so that's why again probiotics are so important now there are also probiotic foods you can eat like kefir now kefir and yogurt are probiotic foods but they come from dairy and dairy contains casein a1 that is inflammatory for so many people So again, it's best to have either goat milk kefir or coconut milk kefir, which is easier, much easier on the gut. Also, we have sauerkraut, that's fermented cabbage. Now most sauerkraut at the grocery store has no probiotics in it. And so that's why you need to get a sauerkraut or kimchi, which is a Korean cabbage uh, like sauerkraut. At the health food store that has living probiotics in it you're not gonna get that in most grocery stores as well as kombucha tea this is tea that is fermented by bacteria and yeast and kombucha is really good for so many people and it doesn't have any sugar in it the sugar has been fermented which makes it wonderful for the gut and there's also some soy products that are actually fermented that are good for your gut like Natto and miso and tempeh, these are okay for especially women. Now, men, it can raise your estrogen levels, so I don't recommend those for you. But that's why everyone can take probiotics. And so the easiest way to get these foods are pro, uh, simply taking a probiotic capsule, which I do and my wife does every morning. And my favorite, again, is our Beyond Biotic. But let me tell you a little story. Back in 1917, uh, there's a story i talk about in my book, The Gut Zone. Doctors wondered why one particular World War I soldier in the Balkan War did not get severe diarrhea or any other intestinal disease when the, all his other comrades died, many of them died, of an intestinal disease that went through the army. But one soldier didn't. So the researchers tested some of his stool sample and find, found out that he had a type of good bacteria in his gut that the other soldiers didn't have. And a scientist named Alfred Niesel, N-I-S-S-L-E, he bred the bacteria and he put it in pills, and the pills with the bacteria are still being produced to this day. Now, more than 100 years later, people are still using the probiotic named E. coli Niesel 1917 to help people with gut issues. That's over 100 years ago. And they're still using this bacteria in Europe. Isn't that amazing, Mary?
0: Don, that is crazy. (laughs) I know. There's not something better than that
1: Yes, we have things much better now. But this was a super bacteria they bred out and they cultured and they kept culturing it. How did he get that from? Where
0: did he get it from? He got
1: it from his own, again, from his own E. coli, from eating usually sauerkraut, fermented foods, Yogurts, kefirs, I bet things he was like that. He's a farm boy. He's a farm boy, probably. I bet he was. Raised on good old fermented oh foods. God buttermilk. Gosh. Buttermilk's fermented. Oh, so it wow. may have been raised on buttermilk. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, now the third gut power tool are prebiotics. Now, prebiotics are the food that feeds the probiotics. It's And so prebiotics are literally the foods we eat. You know, one of the best prebiotic foods are green bananas, but no one ever eats green bananas. I love green bananas because there's no sugar in them. They contain resistant starches that feed the good bacteria and not the bad bacteria. And so, again, when the bananas turn yellow, I give them to the grandkids. I don't eat them because they're full of sugar. But when they're green, there's no sugar in them. Also, chicory root. Now, I I have a coffee that has chicory root in it. And chicory is a wonderful prebiotic that feeds your good bacteria. Also, cocoa. Now, you notice every morning mm-hmm. I put in my coffee this dark cocoa <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and with some stevia because mm-hmm. this cocoa is full of prebiotics. And you're feeding your good bacteria a feast. And garlic and onions are full of prebiotics as well as flax seeds have prebiotics in them. Jerusalem artichokes have prebiotics. And jicama which is a starch we'll be talking about later, are wonderful prebiotics. They feed the good bacteria. The good bacteria then multiply and benefit your body. But also that's why our fiber zone also has prebiotics. That's why when I give my patients our probiotics, I say now take your probiotics in the morning and then take your fiber zone afterwards because we're feeding those good bacteria and they're multiplying. That's why it's so important. So the prebiotics simply stimulate the growth of good bacteria in your gut. It's that simple. Mm. Now, what also happens is the probiotics then produce butyrate. Butyrate is a short-chain fatty acid that's the main fuel for the cells in your colon. And the more butyrate your gut gets, the better off you'll be. Butyrate has anti-inflammatory properties, so it turns off inflammation, and the colon cells need that butyrate. And we were taking prebiotics you are producing those prebiotics breakdown into butyrate that feeds the colon cells. Isn't that amazing how it works? It is. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, the fourth gut power tool are polyphenols. Now, you say, what on earth are polyphenols? These are these powerful antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. They're found mainly in berries. That's why every morning, what I have for breakfast, every morning.
0: Raspberries, red uh, strawberries or blueberries.
1: Right. Now, they're found exactly in blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries. They're found in tea, green tea or black tea. They're found in coffee. Coffee has lots of polyphenols. That's why I start my morning with coffee. Dark chocolate is full of polyphenols and olive oil. Olive oil has lots of polyphenols. What polyphenols do is they help the gut heal. That's why my salad every day, I have a big old Greek salad every, every lunch day with a little grilled chicken on the top, usually from the Greek restaurant, and I pour my olive oil at least 3 to 4 tablespoons on and sometimes 5 tablespoons Don on top. you of
0: it. drink it, right?
1: From <laughs> I do. I the drink package. it right from the bottle too. And and these polyphenols reduce inflammation. The most powerful polyphenol is oleocanthal, found in early harvested olives in and certain And we actually areas. sell yeah, that on we our do.
0: website as well. You can go to drcolbert.com And we've got a whole host of products that are on there. And I just want to tell you that when you partner with us by ordering any of our products on a monthly basis, that makes you a partner of divine health. And we have got so many things that we are working on right now and we want to do. And we just appreciate all of you that are our partners with divine health. But go to drcolbert.com. Be sure and share these podcasts with your friends, your families, And just spread the love, man. Spread the love. But
1: let let me give them their fifth power tool. I don't want to leave them hanging. Uh, It's resistant starches. These are health to your gut. What What are resistant starches? They're starches that are not broken down in your small or large intestines. Well, excuse me, until they reach your large intestines, then they feed the good bacteria. These are green bananas, green mangoes, green papayas, green plantains, sweet potatoes, and yams. And that leads me to the healing starches. I'll talk about in the very back Healing starches are the same, similar. Sweet potatoes, yams, cassava root. You know, there's cassava chips. There's cassava tacos. There's cassava good. bread. I love good. those lime baked yeah, cassava they chips. They actually taste good. They're wonderful. Not too many now. You'll get. You could gain weight. Carrots are great. Taro root, yucca, jicama. Now these are simply rooted vegetables that heal your gut. We talk about them in the in the last part of my book. And bread made from almond flour, coconut flour, or cassava flour. And uh, you can get cassava chips, Siete uh, brand online. And also millet bread. Millet bread is a wonderful starch that heals the gut.
0: It's so made from bird seed.
1: I know it's bird seed, but it's a wonderful <laughs> bread. I used to put all, and I still do, put my Candida or Sifo patients on millet bread. I can tell and you, you I've never healer. seen a fat bird. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're right. Well, I've seen some fat ducks now in the lake. <laughs> Duck fat.
0: Duck fat. Well, you have been listening to Dr. Colbert's uh, podcast, and you can catch us. Uh, If you look on the first week in August, we are going to be on Kenneth Copeland's program in which this is the subject we're talking about for that whole week, the gut zone. So you can tune in and look for that and watch Dr. Colbert and I on there with Kenneth Copeland. And we're going to be talking more on that show about issues of the gut and answers you can look for. So be sure and get Dr. Colbert's The Gut Zone package. We have a starter kit of the gut zone package for those of you that are struggling with all these different conditions you cannot go wrong getting this package and starting it you will begin to see an immediate change in how you feel and i really believe you're going to love it and we're working hard to bring you back the absolute most current information to your health. And so we just so appreciate you and keep us in your prayers. Is like I've shared on other podcasts, we've got so many things going on because it's Don's desire and my desire that, that you walk, walk in divine, divine health. health.
1: Have a blessed week. God bless you.
0: <laughs> God bless you.